This is Democracy in Crisis, and I'm Baynard Woods. With me today is Jessel Noor. He is a colleague of mine here at The Real News Network um, in Baltimore, and he's been covering education uh, issues in, in a really deep way and the issue to privatize and, and gut the public education system. But we wanted to talk today a little bit about this movement coming up from students, this uh, coming after Florida to where students are trying to force adults to deal with the guns issue in our country. And we want to tie that together with some education stuff. So welcome to Democracy in Crisis, Jessel. It's an honor to be on here with you, Baynard. Thanks so much for having me. <laughs> you, you, sound, <laughs> you sound very, uh, very formal, um, <laughs> given that we sit beside each other, uh, you know, 10 feet from each other every day. <laughs> So what's been happening with this student movement? You talked to a lot of students. There's a, a million students walked out of class uh, for 17 minutes yesterday, uh, which is really a massive um, show of force by youth in this country, places where they were going to be punished for it. People took the knee instead um, and didn't go to class but didn't leave the Tell me what you've seen on the ground from talking to some of these kids. Uh, both last week there was a, a march from schools to City Hall here and marches all around the country. And then in the walkout, you were covering that yesterday as well. Yes. Yeah, so yesterday, um, the 14th, was the one-month anniversary of the Parkland shooting. And, um, you know, you had, yeah, like you said, as many as a million students around the country um, organizing within their schools, uh, in their school districts, and taking various forms of civil disobedience and protest. Um, there was a, a story about a conservative district in uh, Texas where two parents, uh, two two students, walked out of their public school, and they had um, different options of punishment, and they chose corporal punishment because they, to make the point that you know this the lack of gun control in this country is such a threat um, to young people. And, um, you know, there was... Right, um, would you rather get spanked or yeah, shot? Yeah, and there was, uh, you know, 14,000 shoes left in front of the White House um, for one for for the 7,000 children that have been killed since Sandy Hook. Just to, just to give you that, just, put a, just to put a number on it, put a face on it. I think, um, you know, it shows again that, that students are smarter than adults. They're more courageous than us. They're willing to challenge and call out the status quo, uh, challenge corporate power. Uh, in this case, it's the NRA that doesn't want to concede um, anything, doesn't want to concede an, an inch when the United States is the only country in the world, in the Western world, that has this phenomenon. There's no other country that has it. And, uh, you know, these students have had enough and they're forcing and demanding their you know, leaders take action. Um, we saw a lot of protests um, target the NRA and the White House. You know, Trump came out um, a week ago saying there's going to be gun control, calling senators that didn't support common sense gun control measures, calling them cowards. And then a short while later, he backtracked on, on, the, on the, the mild reforms that were made um, and so, you know, there's a lot of attention was was put on the students that are that are calling out uh, the NRA, calling out Trump. But I was particularly interested on, in students in Baltimore. So last week there was a walkout, um, a few walks, walkouts. Um, I happened to go to the one at, at Friends School, which is a private school. There was hundreds of students from all the private, the elite schools in the city. Uh, tuition there is $24,000 a year. Um, which is close to like the average income in Baltimore. Right. Um, and, you know, as someone that grew up in the area, 
you know, I, I grew up around some private school kids. I did really not like them. I had family that attended those those schools. They seemed so arrogant, so out of touch. Um, so I was curious to what to what how they saw how they saw this issue, how they how they felt about this issue. And I was actually very heartened because they, you know, sort of destroyed my my the my my preconception, my, my thoughts of what it would be like. Um, you know, their demands included um demilitarizing police in Baltimore City schools. There's there's cops in almost every school. There's metal detectors. Um, you know, they don't want guns in the classroom, which is what uh, Trump has called for. It's one of the things that he's proposed. The NRA supports it. And the, we've seen the crazy stuff where, yeah. I mean, just, uh, it's, he called for this two weeks ago or whatever, and already a uh, gun-trained teacher has yeah. shot a student on accident. Yeah. And, I mean... And you, see, you see those stories almost every day. There's a different teach armed teacher trying to teach gun safety, shooting up the school. Uh, and, and teachers we talked to, actually on that march, I talked to a former Marine who was a, who was a, a former, now former teacher, and they, they want books. They want, in the public schools, they want money for books. They want money to fix heating. They don't want guns in the classroom. Um, but yeah, so I was, I was really impressed by the private school kids. Um, you know, they were marching in solidarity with um, public school kids as well. Um, the reality of gun violence as a daily occurrence um, is something that private school kids don't really have to deal with, and they acknowledge that. But some of them had family and friends that, that go to public schools that live in uh, neighborhoods in Baltimore where, you know, you, you have to you're afraid to walk to school in the morning every day. Yeah, I mean, it, it's crazy that to put it in context for people that in this city, uh, 342 people were were murdered last year. Almost all of those were with guns. Um, we. You know, and, and there's, there was a, I, I'm, now I forget who told me this, but someone I was talking to recently was interviewing said that like students in Baltimore have as much uh, CTSD as returning soldiers do PTSD. And it's the continual stress disorder of, of constantly being bombarded with people dying and there's nowhere to go to get outside of that. And yet we also have, you know, we've had measures towards things like gun control here with, we had this notorious gun trace task force who were tasked with getting guns off the street. They were given extra overtime, extra days off when they got guns off the street, but they were focusing primarily on poor and impoverished community and uh, really terrorizing people in the way that the right wing is terrified of that they think will happen to them, but it doesn't. It happens only to poor communities in places like here. And uh, you know the NRA's hypocrisy on this on gun rights for African Americans dates back dates back decades. Uh, but I mean, even a couple years ago, when Philando Castile was was uh, shot, he was a a teacher. He was an armed teacher. He was a you know legally allowed to have a gun. Um, you didn't hear anything from the NRA. They were silent. And he is African American, and you can you can do the math. You can figure out, um, you know what their what their motivation was about that. Right, uh, Ronald Reagan and and California supported gun control when the Black Panthers started showing up armed um, and and observing police stops while they were legally holding weapons. That and they uh, they, they took over the Capitol in, in Sacramento. They came in armed with rifles and and legal legal guns. And uh, it was after that that you know Reagan and the NRA and the you know conservatives. In California, demanded gun control there. And I mean, this is uh, the anniversary this month of the move bombing in Philadelphia in 1985, where they, the, a group of of sort of African nationalist separatists, move 
uh, were bombed by the city for being armed with with an actual bomb dropped from the air onto their house, uh, killing numerous members of the collective. And so, uh, and and you know, we do have the things like Waco where they'll do that to white people on occasion too. Uh, but but if we we would be having a much different debate, I think. Uh, if the NRA didn't see gun owners as white gun owners. And, um, you know, what's interesting is in the NRA's response to this, you know, they've they've uh, they've said, what about Chicago? What about Baltimore? Where is the outrage when there's violence in those cities? Um, and it's interesting because um, students from Chicago reached out to students in Baltimore because these are two two cities that experience a lot of gun violence, you know, hundreds of shootings every year. And, um, you know, and, and so they people as we know and as people that follow your work or or the real news or other independent media outlets know that the communities have been demanding change in baltimore you have ceasefire you have other organizations that have been that have been demanding um an end to violence an end to gun violence for for a long time um but so students from chicago reached out to students from baltimore and said you know we want to raise this issue this didn't start in parkland this is something we've been experiencing our entire lives so that's what the march was about yesterday on the 14th and um and so th- their demands are let's honor the dead um you know there's walkouts across the country for 17 minutes to honor the 17 dead in parkland 17 killed um but they also said you know it's a little different for us it's we're not only are we we have to worry about uh, a shooter coming in um and killing us in our school we have to worry about the police we have to worry about the corrupt police force we want the mayor to to address that um when, last week when the students marched to City Hall, they felt, uh, some, several of them told me the mayor sort of co-opted, um, co-opted their march, co-opted their movement. Um, you know, she said she's going to give uh, 60 free buses to, to go down to D.C. for the, the big march on March 24th when um, hundreds of thousands of students um, are going to be uh, attending a rally in a march led by the survivors of Parkland. But the students said, but mayor, what about the gun violence here? There's things that you can do. Uh, you know, along with, um, you know, reining in the police force, why don't you address the root causes of violence in this city? You know, uh, they brought up the fact that she vetoed the minimum wage, um, the the total wholesale corruption of the police force. Um, you know, they want they want funding for their schools. Um, you know, the school I was at at City College, it's had several days this this year already where there's been no heat. Students told me they go to school every day uh, wearing jackets. And, you know, the, the hashtag they used is poverty is violence. These these conditions which make it unbearable to go to school. Uh, another another student, uh, a ninth grader told me she is afraid every morning when she goes to school. She's afraid of getting killed. Her grandmother's boyfriend got killed outside of her house just late last year. Wow. Um, and so. These are different issues than the students at Parkland are facing, but they're also issues that can be addressed. And, you know, same as Parkland, wants, Parkland students want, want action from the NRA. Uh, students in cities across the country want their local elected officials not to pass the buck, but to take actions on the things that they can affect and they can impact and use badly needed resources not to give tax breaks to corporations, but to invest it in their futures. Yeah, I mean, so let's tie this real quick before we end up to the the – I mean, we also had Betsy DeVos this week on 60 Minutes and really touting private 
privatizing schools and saying, making the claim that when you have school choice, as she likes to call it, that it also improves the public school. But when uh, Leslie Stahl asked her about uh, her own state of Michigan and how the schools got worse, she just crumbled. Uh, You know, do these things, as someone who's covering this, do these issues, uh, how do they come together for you? Well, it comes together because... um School choice is something that's that appeals a lot to students like the ones that walked out. You know, they, they should they're, they're targeted to students like the ones that walked out uh, yesterday across Baltimore. Um, you know, you know what they what the art what what they they offer is look, your school is struggling, so therefore the public school system in, in its in its entirety has failed. Therefore, let's give let's give let's give you a voucher so you can go to a private school. Now, across the country. That has been rejected in almost in almost every state where it's been implemented because this doesn't this doesn't address the underlying issues. And so this doesn't address this doesn't fix the public school system, which, which the vast majority of Americans support. Um, instead, you are maybe providing a hope for a small set of students, but you're not addressing the underlying um, root causes of education inequality. And that goes back to seg- seg- the segregation of resources, segregation of housing, segregation of opportunity. And, you know, you see that in Baltimore. Baltimore was a city that passed the first segregation law in the country uh, over 100 years ago. Um, and, you know, it is ties back because without addressing fundamental inequality, uh, you know, your, your zip code, your, your the income, income in your zip code is your greatest, the greatest predictor of your of your educational outcome. If you don't address those underlying issues, it's not going to end up changing uh, overall outcomes. And what, what Betsy DeVos was so stumped about is that 20 years ago, her family, which is the, the you know, DeVos family, her brother's Eric Prince of, of Blackwater infamy, um, you know, billionaires, they, they pretty much bought the Republican Party in Michigan and got uh, voucher. The, they spent a ton of money trying to pass, pass vouchers, which voters rejected, but they have some of the most unregulated charter schools in the country. What that means is teachers cannot be unionized, schools are run for profit. And despite having, despite being, you know, the absolute, what's been called the Wild West for this privatization movement, um, schools are actually worse off now than they were 20 years ago because the underlying issues, the poverty in Detroit, the inequality has not been addressed. And as principals and other teachers we've talked to say, um, you know, one of the ways you can save money by these these privatized schools is by getting rid of the union and paying teachers less. But that means you're going to have less experienced teachers. You're going to have more teacher turnover. And that is one of the the things that can actually improve student outcomes despite poverty is a highly trained, highly experienced teacher workforce, which is going to be gone when when you're working without collective bargaining, when you're working without new rights. And you're working, you know, 50, 60 hours a week. Um, you're not going to stick around. And um, especially and, if yeah. you got to if you got to carry a gun <laughs> while you're yeah. while you're working 60 hours a week. And yeah. and I, I was a teacher for a while. And you're tired as fuck. The weekends feel like when you're driving down a highway and uh, in a pouring rainstorm, you know. And, and you have that one second when you go under a bridge where you're not just under a delusion. Then all of a sudden it's whoa, and you're back in. And and yeah. like that is not. The position to be armed in, and uh, you know, and, and charter schools make that kind of uh, overwork much worse, even because you don't often have union protection and that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, except in Maryland. Maryland's one of the only states where teachers are unionized, and you know, and 
charter schools can actually function like they're they were originally conceived to do, which is a space of innovation um, where you can you know go outside the curriculum when you can. Um, you know, figure out what works in a classroom. But the unions, the, the teachers are still unionized and there's still a lot of accountability. There's no for-profit charters like you see in Michigan or in Florida. And so it's helping raise, you know, they're helping they're helping the students as much as they can. But at the end of the day, the schools are still underfunded um, by, you know, 15, 20 percent. If you add up the numbers for Baltimore schools, it's something like $3 billion over the last 25 years these students have been denied. So there's efforts to help fix that as well. Wow. Well, thanks so much for coming on. Jessel Noor for the Real News Network is uh, covering education. So check out his work here. And uh, he's written other places like The Atlantic. So check him out. And there will be some links on the SoundCloud. Uh, check us out in uh, the, your local Alt Weekly and support local Alt Weeklies. The new one that we started died uh, last week, so rip to that. Thanks again to Stephen Frank for the engineering, the editing, and making this sound good, uh, making us all sound smarter than we are. Much love and grim solidarity. 